growing up singing, I was really shy. I really can't say that I got into my full self in singing and entertaining until at an older age. Really until now, <laughs> so a couple of years ago. Welcome to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast with Bree Noble. Bree is a musician, entrepreneur, speaker, and founder of Women of Substance Music Radio and Podcast. Bree's interviews with successful female musicians and industry pros are both inspirational and informational. She also answers your questions about the music business. Bree is on a mission to help you create great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business, and to truly become a female entrepreneur musician. Hey, what's going on? This is Brie Noble, and you are tuned into the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast, where we talk about making great music, connecting with your audience, and growing your business. And today I've got a real treat for you. I have got the daughter of a legend, legend Sam Cook. His daughter, Carla Cook, now has her own music career, and I'm excited to introduce her to you. She's got such a great story and a great attitude. And I know you're going to be really inspired by her interview. So let me tell you a little bit about Carla Cook. First off, here's my own unofficial introduction because, you know, based upon the conversation that I had with Carla, the thing that really stood out to me is that she did not let being a little bit older in age and, you know, having a lot of different life experiences stop her from starting her music career much later in life. She obviously had experience with music from being very young and, you know, living, growing up around her dad's legend, but, you know, she took the normal path of life. She got married. She had kids. She did all of that. And then, even though she had given so much of herself to that in her life, she still found time to start up a music career later in life. So I really want this to encourage any of you who maybe feel like, oh, it's too late for me, or you know, should I even start this now? It's never too late, and she's really having some fantastic success and experiences as an artist being over 50. So I hope that encourages you. Let me tell you a little bit about the background of Carla Cook. Singer-songwriter Carla Cook is the youngest daughter of soul icon Sam Cook, who carries on the legacy of her father, bringing his music to new generations, as well as sharing her own songs. Here is my interview with Carla Cook. So that's a little bit about Carla Cook. So Carla, is there anything that our listeners need to know about you that maybe isn't in your bio that's a little more personal and unique about you? Well, um, I did not begin my full-fledged music career until I was about age 50. So um, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yes, I, I'm a firm believer that um, no matter what, you can always follow your dreams. So um, like I said, I began at age 50. But before that, um, I got married at an early age. Uh, I, I've been married for 30 years now, and I've birthed seven children, oh. raised that are twins. So... That's one reason why I didn't start till late in my career, um, head on going right into it. Um, I had to raise my children, which I adore. Wow, um, that serious hats off to you. <laughs> I have two kids and I'm like seven. Are you kidding me? And one of them was a set of twins. 
Yes. One is a set of twins. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. And by the way, I mean, starting at 50, like I have tons of women that start in my female musician Academy and they start music at 50 because sometimes it's that they've been busy like you were, they've been mm-hmm. busy with kids or a corporate career. And then just that overwhelming passion to do music just takes over and they're like, it's time, like now or never, yeah. bucket list yeah. you know, kind of thing. <laughs> So that makes, that makes total sense. That's exactly what I said. I said, you know, now they're all grown and and now it's mama's turn. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So how, how did you get started then at age 50? Um, how did I get started? Um, I have been singing, you know, I've been singing all my life. Um, I got into music, um, by the church, um, pretty much going to church and getting to church choirs. And at a young age, um, at the children's choir, uh, I did my first solo at about 10 or 11. Um, it was um, God is Truly Amazing mm. by Denise Williams. Oh, so I yeah. did that. I pretty much went on from church as I grew up in the choir and a choir at um, school. And I still was into music. You know, I just didn't do it very often. Uh, I maybe sung here and there at different functions or private parties, but you know, it wasn't like a full-time thing for me. Did you feel like people expected a certain kind of sound out of you or just expected you to be in music because of your dad? Well, in the beginning, I did not tell people, you know, that I am the daughter mm-hmm. of Sam Cooke. Really, ah. a lot of didn't know. So I got into music and singing on my own merit, you know, um, it was just by who Carla was. And, um, not who her father was. So that pretty much headed me into my music career. It wasn't until I got older that I began saying, I am the daughter of Sam Cooke. Yeah, I think that makes sense because I think it would be really hard to go out there from the beginning and say that you're the daughter and then everyone's comparing you or they're <laughs> expecting a certain thing or a certain style, you know. Yeah. Yes. And then you're totally pigeonholed into that. Yes, exactly. So I'm glad I did start like that because I didn't want to, you know, say, well, her father, Sam Cook, she has to be this way or she has to be that way. And if she's not that way, well, her father was, you know, to be compared on that level. Right. So once people found out that you were the daughter of Sam Cook, how did you kind of differentiate yourself from your dad and get out from behind his shadow? Or had you already pretty much established yourself as your own musician and then you could kind of embrace what he could bring to it i really established myself in the beginning and then like you said i came out and embraced that i am the daughter of sam cook i gradually you know became what i say um confident more confident and because i was shy (laughs) growing up singing i was really shy i really can't say that i got into my full self and singing and entertaining until at an older age really until now (laughs) So a couple of years ago. So um, what, what gave you the strength to make that transition into actually doing it professionally and, you know, getting over your shyness and, and getting yourself out there? Getting more out there in the public, um, just starting to believe in myself and believe that I could do this. I can do this, you know, because um, I really had a deep passion for music. Uh, music is in my soul. I love music. I, I live by music. I, when I get to that sad place, I go to music. Mm-hmm. Um, and just believing that I could do it, you know, I, having the strength. And each time I go out there, I'm more confident in what I'm doing. That's awesome. So do you, 
you know, being the, the daughter of someone that was on major labels and had such a huge career, do you think of yourself as an indie artist or as a DIY? Yes, <laughs> because just because I am the daughter of Sam Cooke doesn't mean I automatically I'm in there. Right. You know, I still have to prove myself. Um, and that is very much true. I'm just like any other artist out there trying to make it in the music business. I still have to go out there and prove myself whether I say I'm Sam Cooke's daughter or not. Um, it doesn't get me in the door. Yeah. Oh, no. Especially not nowadays because there's no. so, you know, many fewer record labels taking artists on anyway. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like, I mean, knowing what your dad, you know, something about his career, do you feel like maybe you have more freedom as an indie artist or did you always want to be on a label? You know, in the beginning I did. Um, a few years back I recorded a CD and I thought, hey, I got this CD. I'm going to go to New York and I'm going to get a record deal. <laughs> <laughs> and because I recorded it with a, a well-known um, producer, um, Kevin McCord, who wrote um, If You Play Your Cards Right um, for Alicia Myers, and I want to thank you. Um, we hit the trails in New York. I recorded that CD, went out there thinking, okay, I'm going to hand my CD to the record companies and to the radio stations, they're going to play it and they're going to call me back. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm going to get a record deal. Uh-uh, it was nothing like that. No, mm. no. Mm -mm. <laughs> that didn't happen at all. So I mean, you, you I, did want that at first, or, or maybe yeah, you felt like that was just what you do. Yeah, I did feel like that's what you do, and I did want that record deal, of course. Um, I got a local um, station to play, you know, a song from the CD, but that was about it. Mm. didn't go anywhere. Mm. And, and your style for your CD, that's that first CD, is it, is it like soul? Is it gospel? What, what's kind of your style, style that you embrace the most? It's all, because I love all different kinds of music. I have a little mm. gospel mm. on there. I have a little R&B on there. I have my father's songs on there. Um, I have a jazz tune on there. Mm. Yeah, embraces all. That's cool. So um, now that you've been doing this for a little bit, um, are there any stories that you can talk about maybe when you were really struggling, like, like that story you just told about going to New York and thinking, I'm going to go do this, you know, that, that you can, you know, maybe tell and help out some struggling artists that are listening to this show that will encourage them to keep going. And when you felt like, oh, maybe I should just give up and then something that happened that really kept you moving forward. Yeah, that was really the story I told was the time that I felt, man, I, I don't think I'm going to get anywhere. I, I'm, you know, I, I might just give up. Might as well just go ahead on, just not even record or do anything or pursue it any further. But, you know, that little voice in my head kept saying, no, you got to keep on going. You got to keep on going. And through prayer and believing in God and him having the faith and pushing me through, I kept on going. You know, um, like I said, it wasn't until 50 till I really got started. But I still believed in myself, believed that I can do it. On many occasions, I felt like giving up. But when you have a true passion for something, um, you can't give up. You have to keep on pushing because you're going to have struggles before you get there. It's not going to be easy, an easy road, which I found out, and I'm sure plenty of artists have found that out. Um, the road is hard. <clears throat> if you believe in it and keep on going, um, you can make it through. That's for sure. And I think part of it was reframing it. Like, as you said, you know, well, I, I can do this without a record deal. And, mm -hmm. you know, what am I going to expect out of this 
it, it's not going to be a record deal, but it could still be something and I could still yeah. get shows and I could still get fans and all that stuff without getting this record deal. Mm -hmm. And much. also I think that, you know, it, it's, what's the worst that could happen if you keep doing it, right? Well, then you've created this amazing music, you put it out into the world and you fed your passion. That's the worst mm -hmm. that could happen. That's still pretty awesome, right? I mean, yeah, that's still pretty awesome. What could happen is you could have a bunch of people that love it and they buy it and you know, you have fans and all that stuff. But even if that didn't happen, you still created something awesome and, and a legacy. Yes. Most definitely. Um, you still have to go out there and do your own thing, you know, let other people see what you can do and how they embrace you uh, and just get out there and show people that you have something to offer. Yeah, absolutely. So what, what made you just decide then to, to kind of embrace your dad's legacy? Did you just feel like that was a part of you that needed to be, needed to be explored or did you maybe you know, want to try to access some of his fans? Um, well, being that my father is who he is in the music industry, mm -hmm. I that I had to do that, you know, um, because his music is so relevant. I mean, the words and the music that he wrote uh, is still relevant today. It's being used in movies and radio, on television shows, um, commercials. And I just felt that I needed to also add it to my show to pay homage to him for the type of artist that he was. And because he's my father. And more so because uh, he passed away when I was only a four months old and oh. I didn't have him in my life. Mm. So um, growing up and I didn't have him as a mentor in music. And that's just another way for me to be close to him you know, um, to do his music and go out there and still share his music with fan bases from then and fan bases from now. Um, so I pretty much, I intend to keep doing that. Yeah, that makes total sense. And plus, I mean, so many other artists cover his music anyway, because they're fantastic songs. I mean, Change Gonna Come is one of my favorite songs of all time. Yes, mine too. <laughs> So yeah, that's, I mean, I, I definitely, I think it's a great addition to what you're doing. So right now, do you consider yourself a full-time musician, a part-time musician? Are you kind of doing this on the side while doing uh, some other career? How does that stack up for you? For me right now, it's part-time, but I'm hoping it can become full-time. I'm working towards that. Um, my other part-time job is a grandmother. So. Oh, that's a pretty, well, how many grandkids do you have? <laughs> yeah. We have seven kids, have, so. <laughs> Yeah, I have six grandkids, so mm. um, wow. I keep three of them. So, <clears throat> um, yeah. yeah, part of that is um, I, I really would like to um, be a full-time artist, venture into it. I'm making plans ahead in that way. Um, so long as they keep coming to me, I'm going to keep on going out there. And I really love it. I, I enjoy it so much, mm. um, being on stage and performing uh, for the audience and seeing their reaction and see how much they come up to me and tell me how many memories I brought back for them. And I just enjoy the audience, period. So what has been the most mind-blowing experience that you've had where you felt like, oh my gosh, I got to pinch myself. I can't believe this is really happening. Oh, wow. That is my first tour, my first show, when I had a show with Robin Charles, the daughter of Ray Charles, and Diana, uh, Diana Ross's daughter, uh, Rhonda Ross. 
and we all were um, had a tour of the Daughters of Legends, our first show at the Catherine Hepburn Cultural Center. Mm. That was amazing, um, being on stage with those ladies. We um, each did our individual show, and then we came out at the end and did a song together. And it was just awesome. <laughs> uh, I remember, is this me? I'm finally here doing this. <laughs> uh, and we had so many people that came out that night, um, especially that um, wanted tickets at the door. We could have had an extra show. So um, that was a pretty wonderful thing to be a part of that night. Yeah, that is really cool. Just all of that, that legacy that's on the stage at once. I also saw that you got to do a tribute to Dionne Warwick, which I thought was really cool. Yes, I did at the uh, Rhythm and Blues Hall of Fame Awards. I got to do that uh, for Dionne Warwick. That was cool. Mm. <laughs> uh, really meeting her, too. That was, that was cool, too. That's awesome. So what have you done to build up your fan base? Are you using social media? Do you build it mostly at your live shows? And, you know, how do you in engage with them on a regular basis? Uh, I use social media today, you know, to reach a larger, even broader audience. You have to use some type of social media. So I do use Facebook. I have a Facebook artist page. I have a Twitter page. I have a LinkedIn page. <laughs> I have an Instagram page. So I incorporate all of those um, into putting my music out there, um, letting people know when I have shows, putting little tidbits about my father um, on there. Uh, and just anything that I do musically, I post it to let the audiences know what I'm doing. That's cool. And do you, have you tried any of the live streaming that's available now? I have not did live streaming. Not mm. yet. Okay. I have a challenge for you. All right. <laughs> All you need is a phone, so you can totally do it. Okay. I'm going to see about doing that. <laughs> you know, what's interesting about it is I was completely nervous to do it myself the first time. And once I did it, it was totally uh -huh. addicting. I'm like, I can really access these audiences just from my phone, like from the privacy of my own home, that is awesome. I can't even believe this is available, you know, and now I'm just yes. like, I love going live, you know. Uh, I'll bet you once I start, I won't get enough. Oh, probably. <laughs> it's just like being on stage in a way. I mean, because you do get the response of the audience in the comments. Okay. So, I'm yeah. Yeah. You could, let me know when you do your first live stream. I, I want to see it. Which entity do, do you use? Facebook Live. Okay. All right. Yeah, you can, you can, in fact, if you go into your phone, you can um, just, when you're doing a post, you can instead choose go live and then okay. you can yes, like immediately go live. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So tell me a little bit about your live performances. What do you love about, obviously you love performing live on stage. What do you like to do? Do you tell stories? Do you, you know, have any banter with your audience? I, I love finding ways that people make stage shows interesting. I do. Um, on my shows, of course, I use a live band and um, I interact. Well, I have a tour going on now called Wondrous Stories, which um, I do my father's songs. And with each song, I tell a different story about his life or about how he uh, came to write the particular song. Uh, that's great because people love listening and learning new things about um, my father and his life and his legacy that he came about in his very short career as a pop artist. Mm. Um, 
I also include my audience. I have two songs that I include my audience in on uh, having a party. They have to sing with oh, me. Yeah. <laughs> and I do include them. I have people come up on stage and do Twist the Night Away with me. So oh, that's, that's a lot of fun. fun. I like that. Yeah, we have a lot of fun with that song. Everybody loves and enjoys that song when I do it. So what kind of venues do you usually play? Um, I usually do theaters. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Usually do theaters. So the average size of your audience is a few hundred? Yes, 250, 300. Those uh, are the kind of concerts like I love the most, actually, because they feel still intimate, but, you know, mm-hmm. there's still, like, a very lively audience because yes. there's enough people. Yes, I love that type of audience, especially I love intimate shows. So. Yeah, so we have a theater in Fresno that I like to. I live in uh, California. Uh-huh. Uh, I like to go to called the Tower Theater that's like that. And so um, if you ever come out here... Look Ooh. for the Tower Theater because it's that kind of theater. One of those, okay. you know, two to three hundred seat uh-huh. old style kind of theaters. That's just it's it's intimate, but it's enough that you're getting a really good size audience. Okay, Fresno Theater. Fresno, yeah, it's called Tower Theater in Fresno. Tower, oh, Definitely Tower Theater in Fresno. Yes. Okay, where are you located, by the way? I'm located right outside of Detroit, Michigan. Okay, okay. Well, I don't know if you ever come to California, but if you do. That's a great place to play. I'm supposed to come to California in August. Oh, there we go. Mm -hmm. Up to uh, California. Awesome. So um, can you tell us a little bit about like your streams of income right now? Do you, do you sell a good deal of CDs at your shows? Um, Are you, you know, mostly making money just from the performance fees and do you have any licensing or anything else going on to bring in some income from music? Uh, pretty much through my shows. That's my biggest revenue. I do sell CDs and uh, T-shirts after the show. Um, but more so, my biggest stream comes from the show in itself. Although mm. I do have, you know, I have my band I have to pay, my agent I have to pay, <laughs> expenses <laughs> that comes out of that. So. Yep, yep, I know. It's, it's definitely a, a, every business has expenses, that's for sure. Yes. But you do feel like people are still buying CDs at shows. You know, they are. People are buying, even though, you know, uh, the way you get music has changed dramatically, um, people still buy, purchase the CDs after the show. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I still hear people saying nobody buys CDs anymore, but every, almost every guest that I talk to that's you know really working their music like a business mm-hmm. is selling CDs at a show. Yes, you have to have something to present to your audience. You know, once the show is over, so they can take with them. Some Agree. Like they want to bring it home like a memory. They want to express yes. their appreciation for what you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- that's great to know that that you still think people are buying CDs. Yes. So it's been really awesome talking to you today. I'd love to find out where people can get in touch with you, um, what, you know, your social media channels and your website. Well, they can find me on Facebook at The Carla Cook. That's my artist page. Uh, Twitter and Instagram is the same thing, The Carla Cook. And you can also go on my website, which is CarlaCook.com. And that's Cook with an E. People forget, it's another Carla Cook that's out there. She's a jazz singer. And Ah. we spell our names exactly the same way. (laughs) Except my name has an E on the end of it. (laughs) Uh, Well, it's smart that you did the Carla Cook so you could have the same handle across the board. Yes. Very smart. Well, thank you so much. Your story's been really inspiring. And I just 
want to reiterate to everyone out there listening that just because you haven't started your music career by age 50 doesn't mean you can't start. I mean, look at what Carla's doing right now. That is true. That is true. It's never too late. It's never too late to follow your dreams. Awesome. Perfect ending. Thanks so much. Thank you. Now go out and make great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business. Female Entrepreneur Musician has been brought to you by femusician.com and femalemusicianacademy.com. With editing by Jen Eads of 317 Sound Design and music by Stella Ronson.